Well, good morning and welcome to the drive. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, it is October 11th. October 11th today. And it's Wednesday. And we are uh, starting a new season. We're starting season 44 of the drive. And we're starting the prison epistle. It's called Prison Letter that Paul wrote in Rome. And it's called Ephesians. It's called Ephesians. It's so good. And... This morning I'm going to give an introduction. There's so much more, uh, but I'm not giving a 30-minute or hour-long sermon right now. I'm just doing about 8 minutes, 8 to 10 minutes. And so uh, I'm going to give you sort of a brief introduction of Ephesians so we sort of have a, a platform in which to build. And we're going to, again, just go, after I do this introduction, just go verse by verse, kind of break it down biblically and practically. And uh, so this letter is awesome. I mean, this book... Uh, it's amazing, this book of the Bible. Um, I know so many people whose favorite um, favorite book of the Bible is Ephesians. And, uh, you know, the letter is clearly addressed to uh, the church in the city of Ephesus, the capital of Rome, province of Asia. Asia. And um, the thing is, written by Paul, Paul the Apostle. Uh, he's indicated as the author in the beginning. We'll see that tomorrow. Uh, but again, the letter was written in prison, and it's a prison epistle along with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. We've went through those uh, at church a couple years ago. Um, but it, here's the thing. It's likely, most believe, that the gospel was first brought to Ephesus by Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, this gifted couple from Acts 18. They were left there by Paul on his second missionary journey. Uh, and then the the church started to to wane and started to kind of people started to fall away and so Paul on his third missionary journey went and stayed there and pastored the church for a few years and sort of built it up and taught taught constantly and helped them to see clearly the false teachers that were around that area um and so I love how Ephesians is uh, broken up because really the first three chapters, they're theological. They, uh, they emphasize doctrine. First three chapters. The last three chapters are practical and focus on Christian behavior, Christian living. And I love that. I love that because you have doctrine. Here's what it means. Here's what it says. Here's what the truth is. Now here's how to live it out. And... Really, this letter is written to remind believers of their amazing blessings in Jesus Christ and be thankful for those blessings, yeah, but also live in a manner that's worthy of them. And so, I mean, think about it. The last chapter of this, this letter, Paul uh, reminds believers of the full and sufficient spiritual armor supplied to them through God's word and by his spirit. And really their need for vigilant and persistent prayer. Um, and one of the key themes, there's a lot of key themes, but one of the key themes in this letter is six chapters, is a mystery of the church, which is that uh, the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, and truly completely hidden from the Old Testament saints. Um, and that's the thing, that's a beautiful thing. All believers in Jesus Christ uh, are equal before the Lord as his children and and as citizens of his eternal kingdom you know a marvelous truth that only believers 
of this present age possess and, and I love that we see the full picture I loved living in this time this era this age and, you know, there's a lot of awesome themes. You know, Paul also talks about the mystery of the church as the bride of Christ. Um, and there's a lot. I'm, I'm, like, thinking how much I should talk about right now because, I mean, the one, one truth that's kind of emphasized, too, is that the church, as Christ's um, present spiritual earthly body, also a distinct... And it's formally unrevealed truth about God's people. There's there's a metaphor that depicts the church not as an organization, but as a living organism composed of, of like uh, mutually related and interdependent parts. That's a beautiful picture. I love that picture that Paul paints. Um, that Christ is the head of the body, and that the Holy Spirit is, is Holy Spirit is its lifeblood, as it, as it were. But the the body functions through the faithful use of its members, right? Various spiritual gifts, sovereignty, uniquely bestowed by the Holy Spirit on each believer. I mean, again, I could just keep going, but I'm like trying to keep this kind of short because there's a lot in Ephesians. But we're going to see it. We're going to go through it. We're going to see all of it. Um, uh, some other just notable kind of um, themes in this book are the riches and fullness of blessings to believers. Um, Paul talks about the riches of his will, the unsearchable riches of Christ, the riches of his glory. It's kind of a um, clear theme. Uh, he admonishes believers to be filled with the fullness of God, to come to unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to, uh, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to be filled with the Spirit. So, I mean, there's a lot, you guys. And it's exciting. It's exciting to go through this. And one of the things that I always... Uh, was struck by in the prison epistles is the fact that Paul was in prison writing these things and if you didn't know sort of the history and the context of the letter there's no way you would think that he was in prison I mean a couple times he states it in his letters but <laughs> he's in such a difficult uh, locationally he's in a difficult place and yet He's writing these letters with doctrine, but also encouragement and in a, such a bad place. And it's like, that always strikes me. As we were going through the prison epistles, <clears throat> I don't know, it was last year, a couple years ago in our church. That's something I reiterated because so often our circumstances dictate our behavior Whereas that should not be, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. The, you know, God needs to run and dictate our actions and our behavior, not our circumstances. And that's what happy means, happiness. It means that you are uplifted if your circumstances are good. If they're not, well, you're down. And so the fact that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter from a prison in, uh, in Rome is astounding. Because he didn't let his you know, bad or negative circumstances stop him from being used by God. And that should be true for us. I think sometimes Christians get stunted because they go, well, I'm in such a bad place, I'm not going to do anything for God. Well... Why would why would you not not do anything for God? You know why would you not seek first His kingdom? Why would you not follow Him and live out His calling for you day by day? 
Well, because I have a bad time. Well, we all have bad times. We all have difficulties, right? We all have problems. We all have trials. We all have storms. There are all there are hardships that go on on a consistent basis in life. That is life in a fallen world. But that should not be a reason to halt or stop being used by God, following Him, being in the middle of His mission. That should not stop you. There's still work to do. And and if that would stop us, we wouldn't do anything for God because there are a lot of, I mean, much of life is trying to fix issues and problems and things around us that are seem to be breaking or falling apart. And it's like, no, like, continue on with the Lord despite your circumstances. See, trials and storms should cause us to cling to Christ even more rather than the opposite. And so that's the theme. That's the theme, just looking at the history of Paul the Apostle and his um, missionary journeys and the things that he went through, the things that he faced, you know. Um, he was in prison, but it didn't stop him from being used by God and encouraging and lifting these guys up. Three chapters of doctrine and then three chapters of how to live it out. So it's a beautiful letter. I can't wait to start it with you guys and just go through it verse by verse. Um, I, I'm a big believer in just continuing on through the word, not skipping any hard parts or difficult parts or just going through, going through all of it, getting the, the full picture. And of course, it's not going to be an exhaustive study because it's an eight to 10 minute episodes, but um, I'll do the best I can to help us see clearly and lift us up and encourage us through God's word. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Hope you have an amazing Wednesday. Uh, love you guys. Praying for you guys and uh, talk to you soon.